everybody. Welcome back to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service world. Sorry we missed you last week. The week prior, Produce Marketing Association was in town and Jamie and I were on the go all week. We're back from our hiatus and this week's podcast is all about watermelon. This week, Jamie spoke with chef and chef consultant Jason Hernandez, the owner of Blade and Tine Consulting Business and chef consultant for the Watermelon Board. We chatted all about the process of developing recipes for watermelon. We also spoke to Megan McKenna, Senior Director of Marketing and Food Service on the Watermelon Board, about what exactly the Watermelon Board does and what they are currently working on. We actually met Megan at the PMA conference July 27th here in Monterey. We got to try their recipe for poke with watermelon, which was surprisingly fantastic because I would have never thought to mix melon with a protein. So be sure to go check out our website, colorfulplates.co, for some fun new watermelon recipes. As we always do here on Colorful Plates, we'll start out with our market reports. First off, we'll chat a little bit about avocados, and the shortage of avocados continues to worsen as California's crop is largely finished, and Mexico's harvest is considerably lower than demand. Quality is good, but pricing is extremely high. Cartons of Mexican fruit are selling in the $50 to $60 range FOB in Texas. We highly recommend limiting use where possible. Next up, we have cilantro, and cilantro is currently in a demand exceeds situation. We are now in a supply gap as recent warm weather has brought fields forward and shippers are not able to get the supplies they need. Quality is fair with occasional yellow leaf. Look to see cilantro prices adjust in the coming weeks. Two weeks ago, we were reporting iceberg lettuce was in a demand exceeds supply situation. The script has been flipped as good supplies and light demand is the current state. However, a few shippers do expect this market to tighten up this week, but for now, supplies are there and quality is solid. It's a great time to feature a wedge salad on the menu, one of my personal favorites. Onions have been struggling a bit the past month or so. Yellow onion supplies out of California and New Mexico are steady to slightly lower, but unable to keep up with demand. On the flip side, red onions in both regions are in good supply, but white onion supplies are limited. Quality is good to fair and jumbo sizes are the best value. Pricing and quality are expected to improve toward the end of August when the Northwest harvest ramps up. Red onions will be plentiful and white onions will kick in around mid-August and ramp up as September approaches. So this week, I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown on all berries as they're all in a different spot. And we're going to start with blackberries, whose supplies remain extremely tight with the West Coast exclusively supplying the market. Hopefully this week, numbers will increase and plants will pull through the weather-related setbacks from earlier this summer. Unlike blackberries, blueberries are plentiful in several locations across the western and eastern U.S. regions, including Oregon, Washington, British Columbia, and Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, and we also are seeing some Georgia product. Quality has been great. A great time to make blueberries a seasonal star on your menu. Next up, we have raspberries, and quality has been fair with leakers and soft fruit for some. They are in somewhat of light supply, but the central California crop is beginning to produce better yields. Supplies should increase this week. Last but not least, the strawberry market has eased up as Watsonville and Salinas are producing better yields coupled with less overall demand. After a trying July, overall quality is expected to improve for most as excessive bruising was a persistent issue last month. Consider putting a twist on the traditional shortcake, making a mixed berry sorbet or a fresh fruit tart. Speaking of berries, did you know tomatoes are actually considered a berry, botanically speaking? Now you do. In regards to tomatoes, the summer growing season is in full swing with locally grown product available in most parts of the country. Quality is great coming out of all regions, eastern and western. 
Since both of our podcast interviews this week are centered around watermelon, it'd be a shame to not update you on the status of melons. Cantaloupes and honeydews are looking great and eating well. Temps soared in the desert-growing regions, bringing the fruit on quicker, meaning small fruit is non-existent. Expect larger fruit for the coming weeks. Watermelons are currently being harvested in California and Phoenix, Arizona. The seedless market is steady and quality is great. One last bit to wrap up our market reports. Please support your local farmers. The local growing season for the majority of the U.S. is heating up. Be sure to ask your distributor for recommendations. That's all we have for market reports this week. Remember to check out the source on ProAx website as soon as it's released each Wednesday. Now we're going to move on to our interviews, and first up is Chef Jason Hernandez, who is the owner of a chef consulting business, Blade and & Tine, and also the consulting chef for the Watermelon Board. Jamie chatted with him about the process of recipe development for a specific commodity. Let's hear what he has to say about this fantastic fruit. What is your process for coming up with new recipes when you, you're not restricted, but you, you have to find a recipe for one specific commodity, so watermelon? How do you go about finding what works with it and what doesn't work with it? I think, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to play with food. I think that's, that's probably one of the best things about what, what we do now. I think understanding watermelon and being able to know that, you know, its closest cousin is the cucumber. Mm-hmm. You know, so being able to go and go, okay, like what pairs well with a cucumber? Is that, you know, a beverage, a cocktail, a, a salad? You know, I think, you know, kind of breaking free of what, you know, traditional, what, what, what you would normally see as watermelon being, you know, sliced and diced and served, you know, or put into yeah. a feta, feta watermelon salad. That's all good and delicious. But I think, you know, what, what we're trying to do now is really take that to the next level. And being able to utilize the full watermelon, you know, not just the flesh, which everybody loves, but being able to take the rind and make that into, you know, a kimchi or be able to turn that into, you know, different types of pickling. You know, I have, I have more pickled watermelon in my refrigerator right now than I've ever had in my life, you know, but it's mm-hmm. you know, a week old, it's two weeks old, it's, you know, a Thai inspired, it's a Korean inspired, it's a uh, dill pickle that, that we've been working on for the last couple of weeks, you know, so there's a lot of different uses for watermelon itself. So you know, when, when you talk about inspiration, it's sky's the limit. You know, we've been yeah. grilling watermelon. We've been doing it inside of, you know, stir fries. You know, it's it's every bit versatile as as you can see. And really with kind of the plant forward and the plant movement, you know, watermelon is, you know, like I said, delicious. You know, being 92% mm-hmm. water, you know, it's a great hydrator, you know, but it's also, you know, great to season it and grill it and put it on, you know, a salad in substitution of maybe a steak you know, being able to, to blend it down and use that into a cocktail or compress it and being able to, to use that, you know, as a, as a different flavor. I had no idea that cucumber and watermelon were closely related, but the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. I really appreciated Chef Jason's insight on this subject. Be sure to tune in Thursday for his full interview. It's one in a melon. Lastly, we have Megan McKenna, the Senior Director of Marketing and Food Service with the Watermelon Board. We spoke with Megan about what their role in promoting watermelon is, how she ended up working for the Watermelon Board, and what her favorite watermelon application is. So let's start with what's your name and title at the Watermelon Board? My name is Megan McKenna, and I'm the Senior Director of Marketing and Food Service at the National Watermelon Promotion Board. And tell us a little bit about your role there. What what do you do every day? Sure. So my role is dedicated to increasing the presence of watermelon at food service. So we want to see more independence using watermelon to inspire larger chains. 
we want um, non-commercial business and industry, college and university to use watermelon for their employees and their students. Um, and we work with food service media, we sponsor events and work with industry partners, as well as operators with operations and ideation support. Can you briefly explain um, why the Watermelon Board exists? Like what, what is its sole purpose? So the Watermelon Board's mission is to increase consumer demand for watermelon through promotion, research, and education programs. So we are um, a commodity board um, that is overseen and run um, by the watermelon industry. And then we also have oversight from USDA. Um, and basically, the industry got together and decided that a united voice for marketing the product would be beneficial. So we do that through consumer outreach, retail programs, food service programs, as, as well as research. Got it. Um, so how did you end up on the watermelon board? Like, what was your path to get you there? Um, well, I work for the watermelon board. Um, I work for the growers and shippers and importers of watermelon for the year-round crop. Okay. Um, I've been there for about five years now. Um, and previous to that, I was actually with the National Mango Board. Oh, okay. Um, I was there for about eight years. Um, and, you know, as most good things happen in life, a friend of a friend before I entered the produce industry um, knew someone who was looking for a entry-level marketing person at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to go to culinary school and my parents wanted me to get a four-year degree, which mm -hmm. I did, mm -hmm. which led to a great job. Um, and that job led me um, to interview with the Mango Board and that's now over a dozen years, a dozen years ago. Wow, awesome. <laughs> um, so I've just been really fortunate in finding something to be really passionate about um, that I really love doing every day. And the watermelon industry is really great. And the product, obviously, is just so inspiring and fun. So did you end up going to culinary school? Or was that did you didn't end up doing that? So um, as you know, as life happens, I actually have been taking one culinary class at a time <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. for the last, uh, let's see, two years. Um, and I've kind of gotten to that point where my travel um, doesn't really allow me <laughs> to take the classes and get the grades yeah. I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm hoping at some point, you know, I'm still kind of honing my skills and in, in other ways, but I've taken three or four culinary classes. And I'm hoping to continue that. Um, but in the meantime, my my uh, goal is promoting watermelon. So yeah, um, awesome. You know, that education helps. But at the same time, I'm kind of uh, trial trial by fire, I guess, in the kitchen with the yeah. chefs that we're working with. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so that kind of leads me into the next question, which is, in what capacity do you work with chefs? We love working with chefs. I mean, we love to educate and inspire them to use more watermelon. So what does that mean? You know, from an ideation perspective, we love to go in and look at what chefs, chefs are doing in their kitchens and how watermelon can be a great complement to their menu. Um, how we can build salads that use dressings in their kitchen, um, where watermelon would make sense on their line. Um, and then we also work with them on tactical and operational things like cutting and yield, mm -hmm. how to manage shelf life. Um, really, ultimately, we want to make using watermelon fun and painless for their operation. What are the challenges of educating chefs and consumers about using watermelon? Like, what, what are you finding? Is, what's so hard about what's hard about it? Well, I think um, 
I think the opportunity with watermelon um, is really talking about the versatility of the product. I mean, there's nothing like a slice of watermelon, but there's so much more potential there. So, you know, how do we how do we take it beyond that slice? And we can talk about grilling it or it pairs so well with so many savory items. Really, the sky's the limit. Um, and with chefs, I think a lot of it is about managing those handling pieces. Like how do you manage the shelf life? If you have a great salad at lunchtime, but you're not going through a whole watermelon, are minis an option for you? Um, you know, how do you best, how do you bring the best product to your customers um, in your restaurant? And then all the other piece of it too is that, you know, watermelon is available year round. Um, and as we all think of it um, at the beach and at our picnics and that kind of thing, you know, I think there's a really huge opportunity to use the product in a year round place on the menu. Um, and so I think that that opportunity is huge um, from an education perspective on our part, but also from a usage perspective for chefs and consumers. So then where are you seeing what, how are, how are you seeing watermelons used on menus right now? I mean, the great thing is where are we not? Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, we've, we've been really excited to see such huge growth for watermelon um, across all segments, across day parts, as well as regions of the U.S., um, we invest in uh, menu trend research to better understand, you know, where watermelon is on menus currently and where that growth might be. Um, and we've realized with our last round of research that watermelon was the third fastest growing fruit in the last four years on menus. Um, we're seeing major growth on salad menus, um, as well as just savory applications in general, such as appetizers and side dishes. And one in 10 restaurants that are serving alcoholic beverages now feature a drink with watermelon. Oh, that's that's awesome. more than doubled in the last 10 years. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, and who doesn't love a, a cocktail with watermelon, right? It's the best. <laughs> it's very light. Flavorful. It's the best. It's, it's really <laughs> exactly. great. Yes, it is. It is very great. It's, it's refreshing. It is. Yes. And tempting and all that at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, what is your favorite application or recipe um, featuring watermelon and why? That's such a hard question for someone who gets to talk about and play with watermelon all the time. <laughs> um, I, I think when I started with the watermelon industry almost five years ago, it was like, you know, my kitchen was my playground for a while um, and my friends were my guinea pigs. <laughs> um, and I think one of the things I loved about the product is that, you know, you have this great product, you cut it up mm -hmm. and let's say on Saturday you use the yummy red, you know, flesh in a salad with feta and balsamic glaze and maybe some arugula and some Parmesan. It just has like this crunchy, delicious flavor to it that it brings to the salad. But then, yeah, you know, after you cut up that watermelon, you've got all this rind left. And what do you, what do you, what can you do with it? And I think that was eye opening to me when I, when I started with the industry was that I had this amazing salad on Saturday but I cooked the rind down to a chutney mm. and impressed friends on Thursday Wow! <laughs> with that same piece of fruit with a chutney on top of a pork tenderloin. So I loved the versatility in this, in one piece of fruit that you can, you can use, you know, through a couple days, through the week and completely different flavors. I mean, you're yeah. going from something that's a little, that's balsamic and kind of reminiscent of maybe a 
melanin prosciutto kind of pairing, right? Mm-hmm. All the way to more of an Indian spiced chutney on a pork tenderloin. You know, the, the versatility of it, as well as just the usage of that one piece of fruit is just really fun and exciting. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty awesome. So what does the chutney taste like? Is it bitter? Is it? It's, um. well, it depends. You, go, you know, you can like change the flavor profile of chutneys pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. This one, we have mm-hmm. a North African chutney that I really like. Um, and that one's a little bit chunkier. Um, my kind of go-to is a chutney that is very honestly reminiscent of like a mango chutney. Okay. Um, where it's kind of a, I guess you could say sweet and sour okay. kind of flavors okay. to it. Yeah. Um, but it's a great, just a great way to, again, extend the shelf life really of this one piece of fruit. Once you've yeah. cooked that chutney down and it can last in your fridge for a week or more, you know, under the right conditions. So, yeah, yeah. that's great. Great compliment to a lot yeah. of different pro- proteins, really. Thanks a melon to both Megan and Chef Jason for taking the time to speak with us. We hope you all enjoyed their insight into a fruit that isn't as one dimensional as people may think. Check out their recipes on our website and be sure to tune in Thursday to hear Chef Jason's full interview. If you haven't already, go give Colorful Plates a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipes and more. Please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And as always, stay fresh and have a great week.